You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy, Nathan Marzian, as we sit here and uh, record on a Thursday, which is now going to be called Twitter Thursdays, because going forward every Thursday, uh, we'll take questions from Twitter that we get prior to the show taping, normally around 5.15, 5.30, we record the show, uh, and any questions we get on pretty much anything for the most part, right? For the most part, anything sports related. So it can be Bucks questions. Obviously, it's green and growing. If you want Marquette questions, uh, Brewers, Packers, Badgers, whatever the case may be, sports related, uh, we'll answer those questions. We may not get to all of them, but we'll answer some of them. So that is coming up. We got a lot of response today when Nathan put it out uh, on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. So we'll get to some of those questions. But first, I want to have a discussion. We kind of teased it in the last podcast about a graphic that Valley Sports Wisconsin put up. Uh, and the the graphics said record based on big three uh, participation uh, since the 2021 regular season. All right. So last couple of years. When all three of the big three, meaning Middleton, Holiday and Giannis are on the floor, they are 74 and 28, 725 winning percentage, 82 game pace of 59 wins. When two of them, any two of those three are on the floor together, they're 40 and 30 with a 47 game pace for 82 games. When only one of them play, that's only been 17 games, uh, they are 9-18 and 18 on pace for about 43 wins. When none of the big three play, obviously they suck. Uh, they're 2-7 and seven, uh, and on a pace to win 18 games. 3-2 and two record when all playing together this season, just one over 500. Now, having said that, Middleton was not right, right? I mean, I think we're going to agree with this. Uh, he... That was not Chris Middleton that you see a majority of the time, Nathan. And there's some talk that Middleton may return Saturday night uh, along with Giannis uh, for their next game. But I don't think the numbers are that surprising. I think to me, the more surprising number is with just two of the three uh, playing. And again, it doesn't specify Giannis Middleton, Giannis Holiday, just saying two of the three could be Middleton, Holiday, Giannis out, whatever. They're 10 games over 500 still with just two of them. Uh, which I think if you're a Bucks fan, you're pretty happy with that, knowing how good they are with all three of them. And that goes back to what we've been talking about, that if all three were healthy last year in the playoffs, obviously they make that run. And Nathan, as you've been saying, once Middleton is back and right, hopefully, then we can get a real true sense of what this team is at this point, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're not going to know exactly what you have until you see the big three together because the whole team's kind of built around having all three of those guys and you take one away, it's going to, you know, it's going to alter things. You take Drew away, it's going to alter the defense a lot and some of your ball handling and stuff. And if you take away Chris, it's going to alter the shot creation and all that stuff. And we've seen plenty of that this year with the Bucks struggling for the most part offensively. Now, like you said, 
it is a good sign that with two of them, they've still been pretty good. And this year, I mean, I we had talked about this on a recent podcast. I tweeted out the stat of, you know, Giannis and Drew, when they're on the floor together, have been just as good, if not better, than all these other duos in the East yep. when they're on the floor together. And so it's like, yes, you know, they're, they're, they're bad at times. It's ugly at times and all that. But the reality is they just haven't had their guys for the most part. And when they have this year, you know, the even taking Chris out of the equation, when they've had just Giannis and Drew, and that's about as healthy as they've been this year is having those two guys, they've been still among the best teams in the East and the best teams in the league. They've had a good net rating. They've had, you know, their win percentage is good with those guys. And it's like, that's really all you can go off of right now because, you know, when you're missing two of those three, like that's just not the team you're going to see in the playoffs. That's not the team that they're going to have going forward. So why would you freak out or, you know, completely change stuff just based on how you look with, only Drew or only Giannis out there. It's like, obviously it's going to be pretty bad. It's going to be ugly at times. Not saying they can't still change stuff, but you know, again, you, you really only want to go off of what you have when you're closest to fully healthy. And Brooklyn Nets, take them for example, as we're recording this, I don't believe they've won a game since Durant went out here. Um, and that, that that's a big deal because you still obviously have Kyrie, but one person, even though he is a superstar and Kyrie is still not able to get it done for that Brooklyn Nets team. Uh, at this point, even though I don't know if you saw the latest uh, ratings or voting totals that came out, Nick Claxton is 10. You've got to be kidding me. But it, I, there's no way you could have given me a bunch of guys to vote for. Nick Claxton was not getting my vote for the Brooklyn Nets either way. Um, so they they have guys, yes, but those guys aren't effective when KD's not on the floor. And I think if you look at the Bucks and you say, okay, let's say Giannis goes out, but Chris is Chris with Drew Holiday. And again, that's that that Valley Sports Wisconsin put up. Again, they're just saying any two of the three, not not saying which two of the three, you know, are on the floor more than the others in this stat that they have. But I think Middleton and Holiday, if it's those two and there's no Giannis, let's say Giannis were to get hurt, I think this team would still play over 500 with Middleton and Holiday uh, a majority of the time while Giannis is out. Just like uh, Giannis and Holiday or Giannis and Middleton, uh, I, I think you're over 500 either way. And that speaks volumes to how good Middleton and Holiday are. Not as much about Giannis, but about really how good those two are that I think us as Bucks fans underplay a lot of the time. I mean, look, Holiday, we just talked about in the last podcast. Dude's averaging like 30 points, 32 points, whatever it is, the last couple of games. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Now, again, you know, he's not going to do that when all three are healthy, but that just shows you how talented that dude is. He can go be that guy if you need him to be that guy. On a certain night, if somebody's in foul trouble, rolls an ankle, whatever, in a playoff game, you could turn to him and go, okay, it's your show. Go do it. And he can. Not every team has that other guy that you could turn to and go, go get me 30. That That's just not the case. Now, if those three aren't playing or two of those guys are down, there's not another guy on this roster that you can go, go get me 30. Bobby Porter can go get you 20. Brooke probably can get you go get you 20. But I don't know if there's anybody else on this roster currently outside of those three that are going to be able to go get you 30. And that's the luxury that this this franchise has right now, having all three of them, Nate. Yeah, I mean, like, look around the league and tell me, honestly, another team, I mean, there might be one, I can't think of one off the top of my head, that you have three guys, a third guy, that can, like, reliably get you 30 if the others are down. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, there's there's third guys out there that can score 30. I'm not saying that there's not a single you know, third guy that can't, that can do that, but to do it like consistently, or at least, you know, again, if, if the other two went down, like I am very confident that Drew could put up close to 30 points, if not more, as we've seen the last couple of games. And it's like, 
that other teams don't have that. Like that is an awesome thing to have and have these guys that can just step into that role. And, you know, you, we know what Giannis can do. That's not, a, you know, that's, that's obvious, but to have Chris Andrew able to both step up when they need to is huge. It's not guys that, you know, oh, they can only score their 20. As soon as you ask them to do more, they suck. Like, no, they can do, they can play out of their role. They can play out of um, what they're expected to do normally and still be very, very good. And I think, you know, you, you talk about how much it speaks to them being good. I think it also speaks to, you know, what Brooke has added to this team and what what other guys have contributed as well when those guys are out is, you know, they Brooke has helped them a ton defensively. And so even when Giannis goes out, it's like they're, they're, they're not losing a ton. Or I mean, they are, they're losing quite a bit, but they're not losing, you know, as much as you might think when you lose arguably the best player in the world because you still have Brooke able to play amazing defense. You still have Drew able to play amazing defense. Drew can step up offensively. Brooke has been awesome offensively this year. And in the past, if you have Chris, he's going to put up probably 30 if Giannis is out. And it's like, I don't know, people, sometimes Bucks fans more, kind of criticize our depth and criticize like what we have around Giannis. And it's like, I, it doesn't get much better than this, honestly. Like, it's hard to get three amazing players plus a couple bench guys that can, you know, Brooke Lopez who can step up when he needs to, a bench guy or two that can step up when they need to, such as Bobby. Like, it doesn't get much better. You, you're not going to ever have like eight guys that can score their 25, 30 points. It's not going to ever happen. You know, I'm just thinking about something. I guess it had never crossed my mind this whole season, but when they went to go build the big three, Middleton, Giannis, and then Bledsoe, and then they now they got Holiday. This all started back, right, with Garnett, Pierce, Ray Allen back in Boston, that big three. Then LeBron, Bosh, Wade, Curry, Thompson, Durant. Like, you've had those Duncan, big threes that get Duncan, built, right? So, yeah, Dunk, uh, Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker is the There's one another I've, always, one. I've always kind of compared this big three a little bit to that one, not with how they play or anything, but, like, they're kind of like, I mean, like Giannis and Duncan are like the studs. And then the other two, it's like, I think, you know, Parker and Ginobili, and I'm young, so maybe I don't remember it exactly as it was. But like both those guys, I feel like, you know, no, they're not superstars. They're not like incredible, incredible players. They can step up when they need All to. They can be really good. But at the end of the day, it's like they're you know, their third guy is going to be better than any other team's third guy. And that's how the Bucks are. It's like, sure, they might not have – the you know I still think Chris is one of the best number twos, but they might not have the best number two, but they have the best number three, and it's like those three together, that's what wins you titles. Like it's not, and so when you lose one, this again, this is why it's like I'm not gonna freak out about how they play when they're losing one of those guys because ultimately, if you win a title, it's gonna be because you have all three of these guys, and it's like that if you take one away, I'm not expecting them to be a championship team because you built them to have all three. But that that that's my point. Like, are they the only team with a big three? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, who else has a big three? I mean, Murray and the Joker in Denver. I don't know if Porter's considered a third or whatever at this point consistently. Uh, the Clippers, they got Leonard and George. There's two. I don't think they have a third, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, so who's got third? Boston? They got Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart ain't a third on any team. Uh, the so- one, ones that come to my mind, Memphis, and these aren't as good to, uh, uh, as the Bucks to me. John I actually... It's fun. Yeah. John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson, decent big three. Yeah. Now, I, again, I actually just saw this on Twitter. Someone had, like, some NBA account had tweeted, um, you know, is, is Ja, Bain, Jaron Jackson the best big three in the NBA? No. And it was crazy because I, I expected to go in there and see a bunch of people saying, you know, the Bucks big three. There were like 50 replies and 23, 25 quotes. And I think I saw one person mention the Bucks. And I was like, Am I insane? Like, do I, and I, the guy replied to me later because I had quoted his tweet and said, like, you know, the Bucks. And I had said something like, you know, I can't believe nobody's mentioned the Bucks. And he said the same thing. He's like, I think people are just forgetting that Chris kind of exists and that this big three is a right. thing because I'm, I'm like, you know, the Sixers, you have Harden, Maxi, and MB. Like, that's oh, solid. Max. But again, but again, I, yeah, I'm not like, I'm just saying you could argue they're a big three. Right. Fine, but they're not. They're not. Giannis there's Curry, no true. Curry, Thompson, Durant. There's a LeBron, Bod, Bosh, Wade. Wait, I mean that, that that those dynasty type teams with those three legitimate Hall of yeah. Fame type players, they don't exist in the NBA anymore. And we thought, or at least I did, that this was going to be the way of the future in the NBA. That you were going to have to get figure out three Hall of Famers if you were going to have a chance to win this thing. And now all of a sudden, you look around the NBA and you go, mm, not really. I mean, really, now it's a couple of Hall of Famers and a fringe Hall of Famer. Because that's kind of what Holiday is, is a French Hall of Famer. Middleton, I think, is a Hall of Famer, probably when this is all said and done. Giannis is a Hall of Famer. Uh, and you look around the NBA, how many other teams have that? There's not a lot of teams that that can say that right now on their with their roster. Yeah, and again, just, just naming some other ones that kind of come to my mind. So the Cavs, Garland, Mitchell, and um, Mobley. Maybe. And they, they, they have an argument. I mean, again, they don't, they don't have they're a guy young. as good as... Yeah, they're young. They don't have a guy as good as Giannis, but they... They have a guy, and here's the thing too. Like you say, the Bucks' third guy is better than anyone else. I also think our fourth guy is better than anyone's fourth guy. You have Brooke Lopez as your fourth guy. Like that, that to me is as good as anyone's fourth guy out there. I'll go and, down to the next one and Bobby Portis off the bench. There's not yeah. a lot of guys that can do what Bobby Portis does off the bench, consistently rebounding and scoring. Yeah. And then another one that came to mind is again, I I'm not at all saying this is as good as the Bucks. I'm just saying it could be argued as a big three. Uh, Jimmy Bam Hero as a three. I don't like Hero, but whatever. They, but again, none of these, none of these that I've named, have a number one even close to as good as Giannis. So it doesn't really matter. Like you can have three, you know, really good players, but none of them are, you know, no, no, your number one isn't that dude isn't the right. best player in the world. That's going to be so much different than having a big three where the number one is the best player in the world and can you know take over any game and beat you alone if he had to, but, you know, let alone with two other guys. So, yeah, I was thinking about this too, where I was just like, this three to four, you know, this top three to four is as, I was going to tweet this out. I was literally going to say, if you can name me 
a, a top four that you would rather have even top three than the Bucks, I'll be worried. Like I'll be then, then I'll like, you know, and even, not even then, if you can name me one, I'm not going to be worried, but it's like, why would we be worried if our top four is better than any other team's top four? Like, Agreed. you know, I'm not saying you can't make changes. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to improve, but why would I be freaking out if I can't name a single other top four I'd rather have than our, those four guys? Totally agree. 1000%. So yeah, good. That was a, that was a good exercise. Cause I, again, I think it, it goes back to what you said about what you saw on Twitter. And people are just sleeping on what this big three is and really what is out there around the rest of the NBA that really matches up with it. This league has always been a superstar driven league, right? If you've got the best player in the series, normally you win. You've got two of the best players in the series. You're definitely going to win uh, at the end of the day. And to Nathan's point, more than likely in every series, they're going to have the best four guys uh, in the series. Your top four is going to be better than their top four in almost every situation. That's why I say if healthy and Nathan agrees, if healthy, this team could go win another title this year. Like, I, I don't I don't think that's crazy to say, regardless of what is happening uh, right now. All right, uh, Twitter Thursday for the uh, second half. Uh, and we'll do this each and every Thursday now going forward. Just tweet at Nathan Marzian or at Sparky Radio. And then we'll go from there. Uh, okay, I said any topic. Any topic. Nathan said any topic. Sports uh, related, obviously. Uh, depressed Brewers fan. First of all, I feel you. I do, I feel you. I feel you so much. Me and my buddy go back and forth every day about people getting signed for little to no money and going, the Brewers couldn't afford to do that even. So I feel you. And even, even with all the Brewers haven't done much of anything, they're still going to be right there and contend for the Cardinals in the division, even though we're all depressed. They've done enough offensively to make them better, but we'll see. Anyhow, that wasn't anything to do with the tweet. Uh, okay, here are two questions. And I'm going to read, both are coming to you because they're Marquette questions. What is the legitimate upside of this Marquette basketball team? That is the first question, Nathan Marzia. This team has upside, dude. I Their defense has struggled a little bit, and they rely a little bit too much on turnovers. Can I just say something, Nathan? Yes. You need to find a girl that makes you smile as, like when I say Marquette basketball. That, that's really what you need. I say Marquette the Bucks, basketball. Hey, the Bucks make me smile even more than Marquette, but the Marquette's playing so well. I just yeah. miss – I have missed so much. Me and my friends have missed – having a team that is like legit good nationally recognized, you know, like we are expected to be, you're a basketball school. You don't have a football team. Like this is how it should be. You should have a good basketball team and one that is competing for conference titles and like ranked and all that stuff. It's so good to be back there. So it just, it makes me very happy. I think, you know, their, their defense has struggled and it might cap their upside if they've run into um, some team that can slow them down a little bit and has good offense of their own. Our defense has struggled outside of forcing turnovers. They haven't been good at just playing getting stops um, when they can't force turnovers. But when you have right now, they're number two offense in the nation and are like tied for number one, basically. So if Purdue struggles even a little bit, we're going to move to number one. When you have the number one offense in the nation, the upside is very, very, very high. Like they, I don't want to say Final Four if things click. I'm not expecting Final Four, but it, man. I there are very few teams that this team cannot beat, or I would not have any confidence in them beating. And so, I I want to say Elite Eight Final Four is the upside right now. And I'm yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping for one tournament win because we haven't even had that in ten years. I was but. gonna say I think Sweet Sixteen would be a legitimate goal at this oh, point. Just be. get out of the first damn weekend. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever we were, happens, I, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. If we win one game, me and my friends are partying. We're gonna go crazy just because we haven't won a single game in ten years. 
Um, obviously the expectation is hopefully going to be higher than that if they're a four or five seed or whatever, but, um, yeah, to get out of the first weekend would be amazing. I mean, again, that's something we haven't done in so long and it's like just any type of postseason success, just one game. I don't even care. Give me that. Anything else is great. And I think they can potentially make an elite eight or even potentially final four. I was talking Marquette earlier today. I didn't get into how far they're going to go in the tournament. Because I hate the tournament, and I, I think it's so crap. But either yeah, way, yeah. Um, I, I think the upside for me is I think they can be a three seed when this tournament starts. I think they can be a top 12 team in this country by the time we get to that point. Look, this is a young basketball team, youngest team in the Big East, fourth youngest in the country, I want to say, on Power 5. And you you look at them, they're going to continue to get better. And then take it a step further, I, I, don't, I don't think I saved the tweet, but there were like five or six NBA teams in attendance last night for that game, scouting talent. And if you sit back and you look at Marquette, Prosper's an NBA kid. Iguodaro's an NBA kid. I think Cam Jones might be able to get to the NBA at some point as well as he continues to develop going forward. I mean, you've got some NBA players on this team. Now, Tyler Kolick, now he, he's a Travis Diener type player. I, you know, Diener had a cup of coffee in the NBA, so maybe he ends up in the NBA too or plays professionally overseas. But when you've got that type of talent on this team, they just honor that Final Four team. Novak, NBA guy. Diener, NBA guy. Again, not long, but NBA guy. Wade, superstar. Now, you don't have a superstar, not that we think. Again, they're all very young. We don't think they have a superstar on this team like Wade, but still, NBA talent does it. Kaminsky and Decker uh, for the Badgers that year. Those were two NBA legit players. And if you're going to be a Final Four team or compete for an NBA championship, you need a couple of NBA talent players on that roster, Nathan. And I think this team has it. Yeah. And that's why that's again, why the upside is so high with this team. And it always has been pretty big with Marquette teams. Cause they always do have that athleticism. They have the NBA talent. It's just a matter like for a while it was coaching. They just didn't have, you know, I, yeah. Wojo Wo was awful. Yeah. Wojo didn't, he just wasn't the guy to, you know, get that talent. And, and, you know, when they had Marcus and they had the Housers and like those, you know, Sam's an NBA player now. Marcus mm -hmm. is Marcus would be an NBA player if he was five, you know, four or five inches taller. And um, Joey's playing really well. Like they had so much talent on that team, but they just never could get the best out of those guys. And so now it's like you, you still have the same thing. You have all this talent, and it's such a fun team to watch. And that's what makes their ceiling so high. And now they finally seem to have the coach that can kind of get that out of them and really make them play to the best of their abilities. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just such an exciting, exciting thing to to watch. All right, his second question was asking about Final Four, um, but we, we can move on. You already talked about Final Four for this year. Uh, next one, Packers number one fan. What is the best option for Aaron Rodgers at this point? Stay with Green Bay, retire, or go to another team? Now, the question is not what's the best for the Packers. The question is, Nathan Marzian, what is the best option if you were Aaron Rodgers of how you think it works out best for you, Aaron Rodgers? It's tough. Um... I don't know. I mean, it, it, we don't know how good this Packers team will be next year around him. And I mean, you can say the same about so many teams. That's why it's kind of tough to gauge like who is going to be good. I mean, we thought, you know, Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. You think that's going to be such a great move and like, oh, he's they're loaded and everything. And they end up being crap. You could see the same thing happening. If he goes to some team that needs a quarterback and it's like, they end up being bad and whatever. I'd probably say the best for him is, just staying in Green Bay, I guess. I think it's pretty safe. They're going to be, you know, somewhat decent and have some talent around him. And, you know, you have these receivers, you already have some connection with them and everything. And 
you know, you, you're comfortable playing here and everything like that. So I would say probably the best and what he wants to do is just ride out his career in Green Bay, not have any type of breakup and, you know, thing, you know, whatever. I think he wants to just end his career here kind of peacefully. Um, I know plenty of fans are much more, you know, they want him traded. They want to go with love and all that stuff. And I get that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have a problem with Aaron Rodgers, our quarterback next year, personally. Uh, I am also thinking the best option for Aaron Rodgers is to stay put as quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And Ryan Horvath and I talk about this on Curt and Long, our podcast we do three times a week. Download it wherever you find this podcast, uh, Green and Growing, Odyssey, Spotify, uh, Apple, whatever the case may be. Uh, you can find our podcast as well. And God knows we talk a ton about the Packers. And in fact, on the next Packer podcast we do, we're going to talk about trade possibilities as far as what teams make the most sense for Aaron Rodgers. I, I think for me, you look at the upside of Watson, Dobbs, he likes Samari Ture. He's called him out by name. Uh, this whole thing about, I got to keep all your veteran players to keep you happy. Um, if I'm Brian Gutenkunst, I agree to some. I'm not agreeing to Alan Lazard, however. We're not having that conversation, no. Uh, Alan Lazard can go play for the Bears or whoever he wants to go play for. But if he thinks I'm going to give him, and I don't know what Lazard is looking for, to be clear. But if Lazard wants MVS money, $10 million a year, $11 million a year, no. It's not happening. I, I'll go sign another veteran wide receiver or I'll go draft a wide receiver in the second round again or whatever the case may be. So I'm not getting down with that. Uh, and Robert Tunyon, I don't know, man. Like, you, you could take a, a tight end there in the first round. That tight end out of Notre Dame, Mayor is a hell of a good tight end. Uh, and if you have an opportunity to get him and you're going to try and tie my hands behind my back and say, I have to take Robert Tunyon, I don't know if I'm down with that either. Like, David Bakhtiari, cool, I'm good. Mercedes Lewis, fine. Randall Cobb, great. There's your veteran wide receiver that can run OTAs when you decide not to show up and help your team. Mason Crosby, yes, fine. Bring him back, right? I'm good with a lot of these guys. But Lazard and Tanyan, I guess, is where I struggle with because I don't want hands tied behind my back going forward with these guys' contracts that I don't want to pay them to begin with, and then you're here for a year, retire, and now I'm stuck with these guys going forward. That That's where I think I would butt heads with Aaron when it's time to come for conversations, uh, Nathan. I think he's he's got to just come in and say, okay, of the veterans, who are you good with? And then you have the conversation. Okay, fine. What's your plan to replace Lazard and Tunyon? How are we going to do that? Right? And you have that conversation, uh, and, and then you go from there. But if Watson had not developed, I would say Rodgers would be wanting the hell out of here. Like, there's no future. There's no hope. To hell with it. I'm gone. Because he developed and showed you what this could be, and Dobbs early on showed you what it could be before he got hurt. I think he also sees kind of how good this offense can be. Um, he just, you know, wants to have his butt kissed and told how great he is, like he does every offseason. And that's where we're at now. He's far 2.0. I mean, that's that's it. That's that's my thoughts on that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, okay, so let's see. Next questions. Bucks questions. Mark tweets, why do the Bucks seem not to care about home court advantage in the playoffs when last year it was the reason the Celtics advanced? Giannis is sitting way too much unless he has a serious injury. 
That's from Mark, who goes by Sparky Anderson, the uh, former MLB manager's uh, Twitter handle. Uh, Nathan Marzian, your thoughts? You're shaking your head. People say people said this since last year, and it makes no dang sense of the home court thing. Like, oh, like when the Bucks um, didn't get home court last year, and all of a sudden the Celtics beat them in seven, and everyone's like, well, if they would have had home court, they should like they should have tried hard in the regular season because then they would have had game seven at home. We had game six at home. We had a, we took home court from them in the first yep. game of the series. We had them up three two on the road, or we had them up three two at home. It's it's the same situation you would have been in if you had home court. You have a you you know you have two to win one and w- you know one's at home, one's on the road. You know if you didn't if you had uh, home court in the series and you know you were up three two, you'd have a game six on the road, game seven at home. You're up three two. You need you need two to win one. One's at home, one's on the road. It was the same situation except game six was on the home, game seven was on the road. If we had you know not won a single road game and sucked on the road and all that, then sure you could make an argument for this. Like the Bucks are the last team to make this argument for because of that reason where we we had home court and we didn't you know we we just ended up not winning the series, but they took it anyways. And the years they were dominant in the regular season, they sucked in the playoffs. I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to be dominant in the regular season and you shouldn't try to win as many games as possible, but the first year that they really tried to prioritize the long-term, you know, maybe sacrificing some things in the regular season, trying things out, losing a few more games than they might have normally, resting guys a little bit more, is when it worked out and they won the title. And, I, you know, again, I think last year they were on pace to do the same thing, go back to the finals, potentially win it if they, got, if they were still healthy. And they were a three seed again. And it's like, I don't know, like <laughs> what about this team has made you, you know, from the past four years has made you say, we need to be better in regular season. We need to get our home court advantage and all that. Like, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to get home court advantage and win as many games as possible, but this team of all teams has shown that it's not that important. I, uh, I guess I question, and by the way, I should probably give you this announcement uh, next week um, where efforting making plans to hopefully have Marcus Johnson on the show on one podcast next week uh, and then have Eric name of the athletic on another podcast uh, next week. So hopefully guess on both podcasts uh, next week. And I, I want to bring this up to Marcus Johnson as far as is there true home court really in the NBA? Like, is there a golden state used to be that fan base? I don't know if they still are, but is there really that fan base where you're like, dude, it is hard to play there. Those fans are so loud and so into it. Like in the NFL, Arrowhead can get really loud. Seattle, when they were good, they could get really loud with their 12th guy, right? Uh, just playing in general in domes, especially when they start piping noise in. Those places can get really loud, make it hard for the quarterback and the guys who do their job. Does that really exist uh, in the NBA to where that's a problem? Like I was just having a conversation with my 15-year-old. Now, again, he's 15, right? And I said, and he's the Kings fan. And I said, hey, man, they're going to have Mike Bibby on Monday uh, on the post game and pre and post game show. He's like, nah. Like, what do you mean, nah? nah? I don't know much about him. Whatever. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So then I'm telling him, like, the history of the Kings, Christy, Divock, Weber, all these guys, right? And I said, dude, back then, at their old stadium, they would have cowbells, man. Like, all these fans had cowbells. And it was annoying and super loud and was off the chain crazy in that place when you would go play them. Ask the Lakers. They played there enough times in the playoffs. That place was nuts. I don't know if that exists now in the NBA. What do you think, Nathan? Do you think it exists? I mean, I mean, you got fans paying for you to travel all over the country to see the Bucks play, so you, you got a little bit more of an idea of what it's like in other places. So, I do definitely, like, me saying that 
you know, it's not that important. Isn't me saying I don't think home court advantage is a thing or like it's not that big of a deal. I do believe very much in like home court advantage in the playoffs and in the NBA, even these days. Like I think I think there are plenty of teams that do have a really good home court advantage. I think Golden State's is still really good. Um, Boston's is good. I think like the Cavs have a pretty good one. Like there are definitely teams that it's like I'd much, much rather play at home. But my whole thing is just like, if you're that good of a team, it shouldn't matter that much. And it shouldn't be, we have to get home court. We have like, if if you have Giannis and Chris and Drew together, all healthy, like, I don't care. Put us in any arena you want. I will believe we're going to win the game. They've proven that they can go win a game seven on the road. They did it in Brooklyn. They've proven they can go win a game six on the road without Giannis. They did it in uh, against the Hawks. They've proven they can go win game five uh, in the finals on the road in Phoenix, like close game that they came from behind by 15, 20 points in the first half. They have proven that they can do all of those things. So why would you be freaking out that? Oh my God, we don't know. We don't have home court. We're, you know, we're screwed. Boston's going to, Boston's going to beat us. Cause we don't have home. What are you talking about? Like, I, again, I just say, what about the last four years has caused you to get, you know, come to that prediction? Because even last year, yeah, they, you know, they stole game one on the road. They stole game five on the road. When they were down double digits in the fourth quarter, they stole game five on the road. And it's like, that's a tough place to play. And they still, they're, they're that good. And I think people have to just acknowledge that, like, this team, when healthy, can win anywhere against anyone. And it shouldn't really matter all that much. I, one last thing I want to do before we wrap up uh, Green and Growing here. Bill Ryder, who does uh, 9 to 11 on CBS Sports Radio and on 1250 AM, The Fan in Milwaukee, you can hear him. I used to come on the big show all the time. He's a big NBA guy uh, for CBS Sports as a CBS Sports HQ as well. Uh, I, I interviewed him earlier this week. It's at 1250amthefan.com or on your Odyssey app if you want to hear the whole interview about the Bucs and the NBA. And we got him talking about the NBA. He thinks it's Bucks and Warriors in the finals. That's what his prediction was before the beginning of the year. I had the same prediction. Neither one of us want to change our prediction. And I just brought it to him and said, you know, that happens. More than likely, the MVP will not be on either team. Uh, whether it be Curry or Giannis, it's probably not going that way. And he goes on, you know, during the course of it uh, to talk about different players and who it may end up being. Then we get to, uh, he brings up Giannis and tells the story from last year and then brings it uh, back to this year. I think there's a long ways to go. And I think like where people finish is, in terms of their teams can be really significant. And I'll tell you this, Sparky, here's like insight into my thinking last year. I mean, I labor over this vote. I take it really seriously. I call a bunch of people. It's a responsibility. And I voted for – I went Jokic one last year, Giannis two, and Embiid three. And I pushed the – you know, it's online, right? You do it in a portal. And I pushed vote. And I, I won't say regretted it, but I had second thoughts the moment I did that. I was so torn between Giannis and Jokic. And Parker's Giannis, when he's at his best, is a is a literally – can be the best player in the NBA offensively and defensively. And I think where teams finish is significant. So if Denver falls off, and I think they could, and the Bucks say win the Eastern Conference, which they're not doing right now, but if they got there, it could be Giannis for me. So he says Giannis still has a chance at this thing if the Bucks end up winning the East and Denver falls off. Do you agree, Nathan Marzia? I mean, for sure, but I personally don't see the Bucks winning the East, and that's okay to me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not right. expecting that. Um, I, I, I honestly would, I could foresee the other thing happening more, like the Nuggets win the win the West and the Bucks end up, you know, the two, three, three four, whatever. Yeah, um, and in that case give Jokic his MVP, whatever. Like, I I don't know. I want Giannis to win the MVPs, and I really do care about that stuff because it's like a legacy thing, and it adds to that and all that. I, I want him to get all the accolades he can. But at the end of the day, 
we're not going to remember MVPs. We're going to remember, you know, if we can win the finals. And um, that's, that's just, I mean, I want, you know, and, and when Jokic is playing this well too, it's not something that I'm like, he doesn't deserve it. And I mean, his efficiency has been insane. His on off numbers have been insane. Like fine. You know, they're, they're playing better. Okay. They've had, a, you know, Giannis rested quite a bit in the regular season. It doesn't seem like he cares about it that much. Okay. Whatever. Gave it to someone else. I think at the end of the day, I want Giannis to be, known as the best player in the world, not the MVP. And I think that comes in the playoffs. Yep, no doubt. I'm with you. Nathan Marzian, follow him on Twitter. Nathan Marzian, me at Sparky Radio. And again, we'll do this again coming up uh, on Tuesday like normal. Uh, cross your fingers. Hopefully we'll be able to run down Marcus Johnson and have him on the podcast on Tuesday when we record. And then hopefully Eric Name uh, next Thursday, Bucks beat writer from The Athletic. Big week ahead next week for Green and Growing. Tell your friends, tell your family. Everybody doesn't know about Green and Growing yet. The podcast we need to get the word out there and let everybody know that we exist and we're going to be here throughout uh, the rest of the season, including the playoffs. And we'll probably maybe do more, obviously, once we get to the playoffs. Nathan Marzian, thank you so much, my friend. Have a good one. You too.